Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. And missionary Tara Matthews. Oh, hello. And uh, Pastor Todd may or may not join us. I know he had an issue at his house. Uh, to quote Nancy in the office, she said, it's not a new house until something breaks. <laughs> Oof. So he's figuring that out right now. So he may hop in. I don't know. If not, I guess you could say a prayer for his new house. Mm-hmm. Got a little leak. But anyway, so <laughs> glad you guys are here. And actually, I did want to ask because I don't know how it went, but um, the Fall Fest was on Saturday. It was kind of in place of youth convention for our students all over New Jersey. So I know you guys got to go. Pastor Jamal, how'd it go on Saturday? Uh, went well, man. It was a um, really nice day, 70 so degrees. Nice. Um, that was pretty cool. Um Try to think. So they did it outdoors uh, on one of the churches in our networks, kind of like loading dock um, type deal. Uh, students brought, you know, well, the the, the smart youth groups uh, brought awnings and chairs and blankets. Uh, we did not. Uh, however, shout out to Laura Matthews, um, who um, she zipped on over with some blankets and chairs for the squad. So that was great. Nice. Um, so that helped out a little bit. Um, Trying to think. Worship was great. Um, the speakers were good. Uh, Andy Lynn did a great job. Yeah. Um, he's always really good in his. He's good at making space for the students themselves to really put their own faith together in a sense of like he gives them questions they search through the questions and search through the scriptures to come to a either a better understanding or revelation uh about who they are who they want to be um you know whether or not they want to follow the word of god or whether or not they don't so i always appreciate that about the way he kind of goes about it and then um my friend chris davis who also spoke at our um our retreat bulletproof bulletproof retreat um he was the speaker for convention too so for our football fest so um Mm -hmm. did a great job and um and yeah so in that regards it was good I guess there was a competition for some Chick-fil-A gift cards. Our group came in fourth or something. We're in fifth. Out of eight groups, so there were only four of us that were participating. So I think that's not that bad. Yeah, the rest of us were playing football. (laughs) They were locked in. We were locked into playing football. Like, I didn't even know they were going to be doing card giveaway games. And you know how boys are when they get into, like, competitive mode. So there was, like... When they came over, they were like, hey, we want to do these games for these gift cards. They're like, not right now. We're in the middle of something. Like, <laughs> and I'm like. Like cut open eyebrows. Yeah, there was there was some blood going on. Um, so it was definitely, yeah, so they were kind of in the middle of a game. And they're like, oh, but we're doing this thing. And they're like, you don't understand. And it's like, and the testosterone was flowing. So it's like, it's hard at that point. It's hard to pull them away. So, so sorry. But you guys did good, though. Apparently. Hey, there was this one thing we had to do. We had to have something on the four of us that from the letters A to Z, like just using what you had on you. And I didn't, I usually have like my purse with me, but I didn't have anything. So we had nothing. It was terrible. <laughs> you were like, we're like ripping hair out, like H hair <laughs> or like apple phone or it was just yeah like earring or shoe yeah sock and then using our our names you know tara and ella sam whatever leah all right Uh, be creative dude but then you got like you got the huge youth group where there's like 40 of them so obviously 
they got first, yeah. but it's all good. Not bitter. That's how I always felt about the dodgeball tournament that they have been doing the last few years. My, you know, I take my group. And <laughs> a lot of times I just had like middle schoolers yeah. or like the older students I had were girls. So it's like, it's like three girls and like two middle school boys over there just getting crushed. I'm like, you go guys. <laughs> like, like shout hey, he's got to be their cheerleader anyway. That's tough. That's tough. I was actually looking. I was. That's that's the one thing I kind of missed at least this year, only because yeah. we, we came in second last year with the dodgeball Shoot, tournament. So that's. That's why I was like, I was a little bummed because I was like, ah, we don't get another shot to, because what they're doing now is they're putting your youth group name on the on the trophy cup and you get to keep it for the year. So the fact that we came so close, you're like this year. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Ah, I think we can pull it off, and COVID. And those senior guys, they would have. Well, last year though, last year they did really good. We, you know, it was you know, some of the same people, Rob, Greg, but we also had Mary, we had Gabby. Mm -hmm. You know, Joey, like it was, you know, so it was a little bit of a deeper team last year, but I still think we could have, we still could have put it together. It's because we had Max, we had Jake, we could have put it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tara, I know you spoke at Eth Group on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that went well and stuff. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I felt good. <laughs> oh, and I saw you too. I mean, you've been getting around, like, because yeah. I saw you on Instagram at Marlton too. Yeah, so it's been crazy. Like, I'm not telling, I'm not reaching out to pastors necessarily because there's people that are itinerating right now and I am not itinerating. So I don't want to snatch that up from other people. But I've had some really cool opportunities to speak at some youth groups, at some churches, um, just to give, like, a follow up of what's going on or doing, like, missions based sermons for like the month of november some some churches are doing like beat the light month mm-hmm. i don't know is this actually like a month for it, it's really march for it's us like sunday was october oh so yeah. it's like following that up i yeah. see because i was unaware i was like oh i didn't know november was a missions month i should know that you know yeah i think every church almost has their own their own okay thing but yeah. i think nationally within the ag speed the light sunday is Octo- is in october so i guess it was probably like after that, there's a little push for Speed of Light missions. Yeah, there you go. So it's been fun. It's been fun. It was actually really not so fun to watch my pre- my video that they recorded of me at uh, Marlton. Oof. It was, I've never like <laughs> done a video like that where you're staring at a camera and the, the words are uh, in front of the camera. So it's like a screen. How do you oh, like a teleprompter. Yeah, a teleprompter, but it was clear so you could see, look right at the camera. Okay. But so when I was doing it, um, I didn't, I just had bullet points for some things. And so, cause I knew what I was going to talk about, but the person that was like moving it was like moving it kind of slow and moving all over the place. So I was like, I don't know what's going on. And so yeah. was I, when I was watching myself do it, I was like, I know exactly those moments when I was like freaking out internally, but it turned out well, I think. Yeah, and know. it's just you, like you. Yeah, are like the one I, that I'm knows the biggest critic of myself. Because yeah, you know that in that moment you were like, ah, oh, but no yeah. one else knows, like. Dude, yeah, and shoot, I feel like Moses sometimes because I cannot speak sometimes, but the Lord is providing, and Moses is is really cool too, and it's cool that we talked about him. That's right. This, yes. This year week. That was the sermon uh, this week. So, um, yeah, let's talk about it. I really loved the sermon yesterday. Pastor Jeff gave really the main text being in Hebrews 11, which is that famous passage, kind of the hall of faith. Uh, I think that's what people call it, refer to it as, and talks about Moses. Uh, fun fact, actually, that is where, oh, no, just kidding. It's Acts in uh, Stephen's sermon where he says, Moses is also powerful in word and deed. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, people are like, oh, Moses says he couldn't speak. Did he have a speech impediment? But 
And so people take that jump, I'm saying, but then in Acts, it says that he was powerful in word and mm-hmm. in deed, so like, or in speech and in deed or action or whatever. So he just you had know, stage fright. Just you know? kind of a jump. Sometimes yeah. a jump. Or he's just making excuses. Yeah, true. That too. I'm not a public speaker. Okay, well, I don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I just always think that to myself. Oh, yeah, a lot of times I hear it. Moses had a speech impediment. Like, well, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, I saw a play and he was like the whole time he had a speech impediment. I was like, mm, I mean, maybe. Maybe. Uh, he, I, sure. I mean, Peter could have had one too, to for level. all we know. Really, Anyone could have. Paul, I don't know. So, you don't know? I feel cut. That's how I feel typically. But mm-hmm. anyway, that doesn't have much to do with the sermon. That's a little deep dive, though. <laughs> what do they call those now? Deep cut? It's a little deep cut. Mm. So, anyway. Uh, he did kick off Pastor Jeff started by describe 2020 in one word. There were some funny words there, especially omni shambles. But uh, I thought give you guys a shot at it. You know, what would you do? Do you have a word or two? I, I can expand it to two or three words. 2020 so far anyway. So I'm going to use a noun, a roller coaster, but not oh. any roller coaster. The roller coaster that was destroyed because of Hurricane Sandy. Oh. That just like was there. And, you know, roller <laughs> coasters are pretty wild as they are up and down. about the one that was in the ocean? In yeah. The ocean. And then it just like kind of fell down into the ocean. And, well, that's know. good. That's I'm just saying it's it's been a roller coaster, but it's been that one specifically. <laughs> yeah, it's that specific. And New Jersey, we can relate, you know, so. Oof. That was good. I don't have anything to top that. Hey, I was thinking about it. <laughs> oh. Jeez. Um, hopeful. Wow. Good. That's a, I like the... Hopeful. Yeah, because I think that it exposed a lot of things. And so 2020, can you can look at 2020 and say, it was trash. Or you can look at 2020 and say, you know what? Because it exposed a lot of things, I'm hopeful for a better next year number one number two or excuse me number one hopeful for a better next year mm-hmm. number two hopeful in the sense that the things that were kind of like unearthed would be dealt with yeah 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 which um so pastor jeff definitely said that i thought that was really good maybe we'll talk a little bit because that's absolutely true <clears throat> this year for us you know personally but as a church, even just as a country, as a society, you know, Christians and non-Christians together, all of it has. Um, it's actually, yeah, that's what he said. Most tension is a result of unresolved conflict, kind of saying that in that sense, COVID is that unresolved conflict that's added so much tension to our country, uh, really to our whole world, actually. Um, and we need Moses type leadership to get us through the wilderness. So that was really good. Wait, but you didn't you didn't say your word, though. Yeah, true. What's your word? My word? Oh, that's why I said I had nothing to top. Hey, well, uh, nothing to top I, anything. I yeah, you know, just, just whatever just, your just word is. My word? Uh, I need to think. Wait, I need to think. Um, Do you have more to say about your word in the meantime? Me? No. no hope, I, I mean, I said I don't I, know. I, 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 I felt like I saw it in your face. No, 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 no. I just okay. felt like that's <laughs> what it is. Like, yeah, 2020 can be a hopeful type of, yeah. Yeah, because I can Optimism. hope to not go back to some of these things. I can hope that some of yeah. these things that are over and done with are over and over and done with. Yeah, so, hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't have a word. I, I'd probably need to find a synonym synonym for unexpected, but in the sense of like every time you think one thing has happened, you know, kind of something else happens. Yeah, but dude, it's it's so crazy. You know, if if I were to say for me though, uh, on a personal level, I would feel like 2020 actually has been an you know, probably most people wouldn't feel this way, but I do feel it's been a year of blessing for me mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And so I feel completely different than what the world is going through 
just personally for well, me. Well, there so, you go. Which is cool. Yeah, that's just there cool. There you go. So there's yeah. your word. There's my word. Cool. Yeah. Right. 2020. I Blessings. do. That's how I kind of yeah. feel. And some people who are, those some people walked away from 20 or, you know, have been in 2020 and have been like, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, you know, like, even like my wife, you know, she's more of an introvert type, whatever. And so her, some of her introverted, you know, whatever, she likes it. It's like, oh, people don't bother me. Like, yeah. everyone's trying to stay away. I kind of like that. Like, you know, so there's aspects of it that have been like, whatever. Yeah. And then there's aspects of, like, if you're the CEO of Zoom, man, your, you know, stock went up. You know, you yeah. did all right. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you're like, all right, this is great. So, yeah, so it's definitely some people, some people have definitely, some people have definitely, I think, experienced blessing. And that's okay. And I think that that, yeah, like, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. And <laughs> speaking of Zoom, I heard somebody say, they're like, dude, yo, this was Skype's year. Like, they dropped the ball. Yeah. What were they doing? No what one even heard doing? of Zoom. Everyone, to, even me, like, I use, I would use Skype as, like, a verb. Like, oh, we got to Skype them sometime, even uh -huh. though I didn't really use Skype that yeah. much. But, like, where did they go? Man, dude, <laughs> like, the sons of God must have been ahead. I don't know if you guys used to use with like minister stuff but we for um for missions we've been using it for like i mean what? i've only been in this thing for like two years but before that they zoom yeah saying? oh so you've been yeah using like zoom. so oh, one of the few i was wondering like did they are they before it was cool yeah like did they did they help with this process like did us missionaries oh, bring missionaries. the zoom out there no Maybe. just kidding we definitely didn't <laughs> but but mm -hmm. yeah so I'm I'm a hipster pretty much, right? Nice. Yeah, no, when, it Zoom, when it comes to Zoom, when it comes to how everybody communicates, else guys, the way that you hang out with each other. I was doing that before; it was cool. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, over Zoom. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I think that um, for someone like or someone, I don't know, I don't know. For Skype, Skype was big in the beginning, mm -hmm. but I think it kind of just faded to obscurity because people, they you know, or, or FaceTime. It's uh, you use it when it's you use it when you want to not out of necessity yeah and so when it becomes a necessity uh -huh. then it kind of like shifts its allure i guess so like at one point people skyped because they were like yeah man you know you know and i think when they realized no i kind of prefer this you know those things kind of faded to obscurity and then you know because of covid or whatever you have your zooms or mm -hmm. your google hangouts or whatever that they were there, but they weren't like to leisure. this. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Family. It wasn't to this level where you're like, oh, I need this now. Uh -huh. And I think at that point, too, like you had something like a Zoom who kind of, because they were always operating, but maybe out of the shadows, whatever, just a little bit more of an avail, um, like a user friendly, whatever, and just like different like options that you can do. Almost like in the same way, you everyone has a different type of phone because they have different type of preferences. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, and I think yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> so, shout out to Zoom. We're getting sponsored for this. So, <laughs> are we? I wish we actually could turn on sponsorships, but anyway, then we'd then we'd be doing ads. Hey, every, yeah, uh, no, no. yeah. Let's not do that. That's the worst. They're like really getting into the <gasps> to the <gasps> getting into the podcast, and then bam, there's, yeah. a, there's a commercial just like that. Yeah, just like hey, so the ESV translation is a great translation, but yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> This is breaking news. I, I didn't nervous. know if you could say it or not. I was yeah, like, I was like uh, should we cover for you? <laughs> like, three, yeah. min three minutes ago. Stop, wait. Paula Brewer and Matt Brewer announced Baby <gasps> Brewer. What? April 2021. Oh, my gosh. That's Breaking wild. news. Whoa. Get Stop. at it, bro. 
So 2020 Stop. for them, blessings, blessings. Yeah. Wow. Blessings. What? That's oh my god. What? There it is. 4 uh, minutes. Wait, wait, 4 minutes. Let's Oh my go. gosh. Wow. Oh, wait, can I Oh Breaking gosh. news. Are we TMZ? We're TMZ now. Stop. I don't know. We're TMZ. This is exciting stuff. <laughs> the, the, the church media zone. TCMZ. There you go. Oh, that's a good one. Whoa. Good one. Congrats to them, man. Yeah. Yo, shout out to the Brewers. Wow. Stop it. I'm oh, com- the shirt right says regional. Ma- Yo, I they're Stop. so good. <laughs> Matt's shirt says regional manager Dunder Mifflin. And they got a onesie that says assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> so awesome. good. Shout out. Shout out. That's fantastic. What did a baby announcement with the F-18 fighter po- fighter wow. jet in the background. Yeah, dude, this is legit. Wow. See, I can't. Wow. You can't top that. You so can't really. You really that's can't top it. that. What an, what an announcement. Oh. Wow. Wow. Wait, hold on. Oh, I didn't even read it. I didn't even read it. I just commented. Hold on. Let me read it now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, shout out. Congrats Aww. to Aunt Melissa and, yeah. and soon to be Uncle Eddie and everyone Yo, else out there. I'm wow. That's wild. Crazy. Okay. Crazy. Wow. Sheesh. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, look at that. 2020 is bringing babies. There you Weddings. go, man. Actually, I mean, yeah, Tim getting married. This year. There's been yeah. a lot. I have a lot of friends. Oh, I, wow. I know. Quarantine, man. Quarantine babies. <laughs> wow. Sorry, that just kind of. Wow. He's he's pumped. Okay, here's my question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Let's get back to the. Uh, my question was, uh, tension. I've heard it said that tension. Okay, no way. Sorry, I've heard it said like this. Sometimes there are conflicts to be solved, and tensions to be managed. And a lot of times we mix those two things up. So, when sometimes when you're trying to solve something that really is more of a tension you just have to manage once you can make that mental shift it can really fix you know or it can really help with whatever situation you're in so i think that's a great rule of thumb but also to pastor jeff's point yesterday he said most tension is a result of unresolved conflict so you know my question was how would you know the difference in those situations how do you know when there's a tension a tension or maybe that the word is being used different there but like how do you know when it's something that needs to be solved how do you know when it's something that while this is just kind of part of managing the tension of me being at this job or being in a relationship with this person, or how do you know? Well, the first part of your question, the second part, I don't know. I'm going to think about it, but I think that sometimes we view tension as like negative or, mm-hmm. you know, that, that it's a bad thing. But I think about um, rock climbing. I don't know if you guys have ever gone rock climbing, but you need tension in order to be able to um, kind of like go higher up on the rock climbing wall or on like if you're actually doing a, a mountain or something. Um, and so sometimes I think that tension is necessary for us to get from point A to point B. Maybe it like brings out areas that, that whether it be like a relationship that they need to grow in or whether it be a church community that they need to grow in, um, how that helps solve t- problems. I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, I've always been a advocate for healthy tension. Um, and I always view it, I guess, from a music perspective, mm-hmm. your guitar strings have to be at a certain tension. Um, if they're not, then it's out of tune. There's no harmony, there's dissonance. So yeah, even with a piano, piano mm-hmm. has to have a certain tension to the different, you know, strings so that they make 
the right sound. Um, so yeah, I think you need that. Um, how do you know when to step into t when it's tension or where it's, when it's a conflict that needs to be or a problem that needs to be solved? Uh, I think the greatest thing you could do is um, discernment, you know, discernment, mm -hmm. pray and ask God to give you wisdom on when to, uh, you know, when to lean into those things. Um, yeah, I, and it's, t I don't know, for me, that's a little tough, too, because I'm a, I, I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's step into it. Let's do this. Let's have this conversation. Mm -hmm. My wife is not that way. <laughs> um, she, she's like, N no, we can table this for later or, you know just avoid it altogether. And I'm not saying that like, like that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that that's her personality. Um, so I think because I'm a type of person who's, I'm like, well, let's have the conversation. I'm, I view everything as like conflict, like, all right, conflict, let's talk about it. When that may not be the case, you know, mm -hmm. it could be one of those things. It's like, Oh, conflict. All right, great. Um, or excuse me, like this is a tension to be managed. You need to step lightly. I'm not the step lightly kind of guy. I'm always like, mm -hmm. you know, bringing the hammer. So I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, we'll bust it up and we'll figure it out later. But that actually can be harmful and destroy relationships. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. Maybe that's an example of like, well, if you're married or just in a relationship, this person, when you bring this up, this is delicate. That may not be a conflict to solve well you need to stop being so delicate about this that may be a tension to manage okay when this comes up i need yeah. to tread lightly instead of yeah like you said drop the hammer other times it is a conflict to be solved maybe it's a different type of issue so yeah that's good discernment we just need discernment to sometimes tell the difference and sometimes we sub them out or sometimes it's a tension maybe we don't want to deal with so we think of it as something that needs to be solved well once i can fixes and my boss you know then i'm not gonna have to deal with this anymore or like i'll quit this job get a new one because then i won't have these problems anymore it's like well some of the problems that you're facing maybe in those situations are tensions that you're going to just manage at any job you know no change of job or change of management is going to um avoid all of your conflicts in that sense you know so i mm -hmm. guess it probably does depend on discernment but then there are other times and yeah it is a conflict and you need to confront a person or whatever so yeah discernment that's good um and so yeah we'll talk about some of the points uh again loved the message yesterday and talking about moses how he early in his life pastor jeff said he resolved several of these tensions who am i who do i want to be what's important in my life and how am i going to live and really that we need to solve those tensions as well i mean especially in the midst of covid it's actually great to now be on the other side of the elections as as um at least in that sense there's it's there's some resolved clarity. you know there's, yeah, there's clarity <laughs> there instead of the anticipation but you know there's all this unresolved conflict with the virus and and even I don't know. There's a, a there's a little you know so, yeah. Some would say once we really once we pass what is it January twentieth yeah, yeah. being so we got in, we got a couple more time but really just, once we're I'm there. just saying that one time at one particular time in history it said Al Gore yeah, you know dude. had all the had all the electoral votes come January we were swearing in George W so I, that's I, what they I, said I, actually I'm when so Trump first ran let uh, the first election just telling you yeah wild and actually that so yeah i was pretty young for that i thought that never mind actually i can't really comment so i guess you would know i guess i don't know i yeah, you're telling five. me something that i haven't heard i thought i heard he won the popular vote 
but George Bush won the electoral vote. But you're saying he, I the electoral was, may have gone to him, but then he like didn't concede because the vote the vote takes place in December technically, yeah. the electoral college vote. So they can and they have the ability to vote whatever way they want. Mm-hmm. Technically speaking, mm-hmm. I mean they typically are going to do what you know happens. But I mean it's uh, but even it, yeah. Uh, it might might cause you know what i'd have to double check but even still you know last year or last year last time hillary had the popular vote she yeah. still lost so yes yeah but we the should thing get rid was, of the electoral college this, this is what i read was um <laughs> when, when that happened hillary won the popular vote but trump had the electoral votes and the whole thing i was reading all these articles about well in december the electors can decide to just still give their votes to hillary clinton it would be like kind of going against the purpose of the system and that's they ended up just doing it that way, but like it's like well, no, technically they can do that, and that was uh, I read about that. But. So we'll see. So yeah. all that to say, you know, we want to resolve these tensions that Pastor Jeff put before us. Who am I? And Moses did. He, he said, you know, he had an identity crisis, and even actually with what we're talking about, because I think this is one of the answers to this question. But what are some of the other identities that we're tempted to lean towards, or what are some other places that we try to find our identity and I'm trying to think too specifically, like what do non-Christians find their identity in? What are people who don't follow Jesus, where do they place their identity? And I feel like this discussion is part of it. And so, and then, so where are we, how are we, are we tempted to do those things too? But what are some of the places or what are some of the other identities that we're tempted to lean into sometimes? Yeah, I think, I I just think people general in general, like whether you're Christian or non-Christian, you know, money, um, relationships, um, family, um, job, jobs, mm. materials, things, you name it, you name it that you can literally almost turn anything you want into mm-hmm. an idol. And I think that, um, you know, um, David Hurtwick talks about it. Um, you know, you are, you are what you love at the end of the day. So, you know, like whatever you choose to love the most, that's where you'll find, you know, your life kind of leaning in that direction. So, yeah. Did you read that book? I It's on my list of things cool. to read. I, I want to read it. So just wondering. Hey, Side note. <laughs> all right. We'll read it together. Read, you know hey. read and discuss. Yeah, dude. Mm. I love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think that there's a lot of oh, um, similarities between Christians and non-Christians. I think there's a temptation being a christian to identify with you know what you do what you have who you are where you're from i think i think having been out of the country um and like lived out of the country other countries don't necessarily have as much of like the pride for their country as we do and not to say it's a bad thing but it's definitely interesting um and to see like especially during selection time like where is our allegiance to and brings up a lot of identity mm-hmm. situations yeah i think uh, i don't know at the end of the day i i just feel like it is 100 percent. it's it's a it's a it's a human oh yeah condition and this is like one of those times where like i feel like i say one of those times but this is something that i feel like christians have a tendency to do they tend to, they have a tendency to be like oh so, uh, now that i'm a christian i don't actually struggle with this anymore but i'm like yes. no you 100 percent do every single day of your life um, you know, the gospel is not something that you 
encounter one time and all of a sudden you're fixed. No, you you have to constantly allow the gospel to impact your heart all the time, mm-hmm. every single day. The gospel needs to be like if I believe that it's healthy for us as Christians to preach the gospel to ourselves mm-hmm. every single day, mm-hmm. because in reality, all it takes is one moment and your heart is back to worshiping the things uh, that it shouldn't. And it, like all it takes is just one moment, one look, one thought, one whatever. And you're immediately back to, you know, default of like level one when it comes to yeah. like worship and idolatry in your heart. So, yeah, yeah. And um, I think, I think you know, with politics, I think you're right. It's especially just an election year every four years. That's when it seems to really be very clear. Yeah. But in that sense, I feel like that's where you're seeing Christians adopt what the rest of the world is doing. And then mm-hmm. that quote Pastor Jeff shared was just so powerful. Like yeah. I just like literally felt like my heart broke as he read it because it was just true. Um, it was there was a longer version, but he said he was quoting George Barna, who does a lot of the research. Um, for uh christian churches i guess you could say he says christians are more affected by society than society is affected by christians and um he just couldn't be more right and i guess i just feel so disappointed when i hear that because it's just true and i just don't really want to believe that so like (laughs) i just wrote a question just like what do we do about this (laughs) because it's so frustrating to me and i guess i also feel like well, I can't just make everybody all like what. I, what can I do? Like in that sense, it's, 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 and right. this is why. So I'm reading this book called "You Can Change," mm-hmm. um, and it's all about taking gospel principles and making it tangible, applicable to your life. So the reality is, at the end of the day. This is this is what this is why to me the gospel has to be central to everything. So we had this long talk in the van on the way home from from Fall Fest, and one of the students asked, were they were asking me questions about like Bible, faith, youth group, philosophy, all of it, and I just unloaded like all of this stuff and like basically gave the whole entire blueprint for why we do what we do as youth ministry, what my goal is as a youth pastor, you know, like just laid it all out, which I never thought I would be having that type of level of conversation with students. And she took it, bro. She was like, she's like, no, that's good. Now I have another question. All right, great. Boom, 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 boom. This is what he's been waiting for. I was, (laughs) it really felt like the, it felt like the championship game. It really did. Felt like the championship game in youth ministry for me because I feel like when you get to that point, when your students are asking those questions, you've laid the track work for them to ask those questions. Felt like, you were doing you were doing something right so like in that moment i was like all of my dreams at one time yes (laughs) so you know but in the midst of this conversation the thing that i was trying to harp on the most was my goal as a youth pastor is for these students to be fluent in the gospel Mm -hmm. understanding what it means for them understanding what it means for others and living according to that with that being said going back to answering what your question is pastor matt the answer is the gospel all the time, over and over and over and over again. Until believers find Jesus 
the most beautiful thing in the world. They will always reach for something else. Mm -hmm. And the most dangerous thing in that journey is that Christians sometimes use Jesus to reach for the things that they actually find more beautiful. So they will fake relationship with Jesus consciously and even subconsciously to get what they actually believe is the greatest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Money, status, relationships, whatever it is, family, whatever it is. They will sometimes use Jesus to get that thing as opposed to beholding Jesus as the most beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And so in the church, I'm just being honest, the global church, I would argue more in the Western church, we have a problem. We have an idolatry problem. We have an idolatry problem where there's this idea that Jesus gives you this amazing, blessed life, no, you know, no, no troubles, no, no worries, no problems ever in life. You know, you, you always win, you know, like if you're on, you know, like if you're a Christian, you're never losing, you're never defeated, you know, all of these different things. And it, it creates this distortion of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And therefore then people think to themselves, oh, well, that's what I want. Yeah. yeah, I always want to win. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want. I want that new Lamborghini. I want that new Mercedes Benz, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And so then they'll use Jesus as the vehicle to get after those things. But until you say, no, Jesus is actually the most beautiful thing. I don't feel like there's ever going to be a change. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, though, there are churches and there are pockets and there are places where the gospel is being highlighted, is being championed, is being the the kind of like the the driving force behind what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And in that place, I believe there are Christians who are being fashioned and formed in true discipleship to Jesus Christ. And when we make those things the focus and when those things become highlighted above everything else, then that's when I think you'll start to see the shift and see the change. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my personal opinion. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, you think of the gospel, it, it, um, what's the word it, it's for every single culture, every single situation. It can be adapted or speaks to every culture in its setting. But on the flip side, it like pierces every culture. It undermines every culture and kind of what you're saying, like how we'll use, the gospel will use Jesus to reach towards what we really want. Um, you know, it's because we are products of our own society and of our, our own culture. This is what we say is important. Independence, making your own decision. Yes. Success, you know, whatever that looks like. And so now we're able to use the gospel, but we need to allow the gospel to pierce through those things, to reveal that in us. And now, put Jesus as number one. I love that Pastor Jeff said that too. There can only be one number one. And like you're like, yeah, that's so true. But I feel like, yeah, just to from what you're saying, that's what the gospel so again in, in one sense it needs to kind of shift to be applicable for whatever culture we're talking about. The gos- gospel can be in any culture, but then it needs to it's it should be piercing through and again reveals now 
what I do find more valuable than Jesus and how I use the gospel to get those things and realize, you know, I think too, like, um, we're, we're part of something bigger than ourselves. When you think of maybe other places that are Christian and they don't use the gospel that way. Well, Christianity, actually I'm persecuted for being a Christian. I don't get points for being Christian, you know, whatever. I don't get, I don't get votes for being Christian, whatever, any of those things. Um, then why would they do it? Why would they do that? And, you know, in, in his third point, he talks about that's what Moses did. He looked ahead towards the future. He knew the, like the eternal rewards and stuff like that. But I also think of like understanding why, how does Jesus become more beautiful to you? Well, in one sense, when you understand what he saved you from again, so allowing the gospel to pierce through the gospel can be applied to any culture in that sense. Hey, wherever you're at, the gospel will speak to that. But also, again, it pierces through, and I realize my own need for God. My society tells me I don't need anybody else, but the gospel pierces. And, and so when I realize that, my own need for Jesus, wow, that becomes more beautiful to me. And then the more that I begin to worship God, I remember my professor said this, um, or I forgot how he started, I have to think back, but like it, it's kind of like, why is God worthy of worship? And you want to say, um, or why should we worship God? Maybe that was a question. And it was like, oh, because he saved us. And he's like, yeah, but also because he's worthy. And so when you first come to God, you worship God because of what he saved you from. Um, and again, I, I guess what I'm saying is a lot of us don't even go there sometimes. You know, we we thank him for maybe what we get from him. So, but we thank God for what he saved us from. But then as we mature in Christ, now you begin to worship God, not simply because of what he's done for you, but because it's who he is and it's because he's worthy of it. And that becomes, again, more and more how, like you were saying about Jesus becomes beautiful to us. I think that's what we need to allow the gospel to do you know, from what you're saying. It's really good. I don't know. So, um, and actually, so kind of going off that, I did want to ask this question. I don't know if you guys may have a personal example or not, or just an example. I guess it doesn't have to be personal. But when we're talking about the gospel, you know, sometimes, yeah, it may cost you something. And that's what I meant. The train of thought in my mind was like, okay, well, then why would somebody sign up for that? But when you realize, wow, God, this is who you are in my life, or again, even that you're part of something bigger, that I'm not individually just a Christian, but I'm I'm part of a story. I'm part of God's story now. And so it's okay if I'm giving up a pleasure here or there, or, you know, I don't get you know, points in this other realm for being a Christian. And that's exactly what Pastor Jeff said. You know, God doesn't always reward our Christian life with pleasure. You know, just sometimes that you think if I do the right thing and then it doesn't turn out the way you want, you're like, okay, well, that wasn't God's will then. But but no, I think, Pastor Jeff, and I think we kind of mentioned this last week actually on the podcast, that no, sometimes doing the right thing costs you. And so I don't know if you guys had an example or you can think of something. Was there a time where you did what was right um, and it cost you or you did what was right and it didn't end up how you wanted? You almost could feel like I shouldn't have done that. I would have been better off if I didn't do that. But you you really know, though, that was what God wanted you to do. Or if you kind of get what I mean by that, I don't know if you have a story or an example or a thought about that. 
Um, I think for me, it was really hard to stop teaching. I was only taught for one year as an ESL teacher in Middletown, but um, I knew during that time I was itinerating to get to the mission field, but I really, really loved it. Like I loved working with ESL students and it was really nice having a nice salary um, and all of that stuff. And But I knew, like I obviously knew that, that God had called me um, to go to Paraguay and, um, and, and I think it was hard at first going to Costa Rica because I was there. I was learning, but also doing some ministry. Um, but I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel like, like this doesn't feel like as life giving as it should be. Like I, I really love teaching, and so it's been nice to have that now. But I think for a, a little while there, I was like, wow, like I just want to teach. Like I don't, I just like really want to teach. And and I do think that God um, can use that, is using that. Um, but I think in in those moments in the beginning, especially, it was kind of like, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Like mm-hmm. I thought that if I, you know. If I, you know, dropped everything, left the country, lived in another country, um, that it would be like a quick transition. Yeah. Um, and I not to I love my time in Costa Rica. I learned so much and it was amazing. But there were like those little doubts here and there because I was like, wow, I, I really miss like having the chance to do what I had, you know, went to college for and all of that. Um, and so it's nice to like get back into that. But still, it's a it's a, it's a balance. Yeah. <laughs> Attention yeah. to. Yeah, and in some sense, you gave up some security then, yeah. even even just the security of that job or that rhythm, yeah. even you could say. But yeah, so right in that sense, it cost something. Yeah, yeah, and I remember the principals too. They were like, "Tara, like if you if you decide to leave this, like it's like it's gonna be a little hard to get back into it." And I was like, "Well, <laughs> this is what I've been doing." And they were they yeah. were really upset, like that I was leaving because they were gonna have me go work at another school, and nothing was set in place. Like I hadn't, I didn't sign anything, but it was yeah. Here, and they were people like they weren't Christians necessarily, and so like they didn't understand. But it's like, it was, yeah, you're, yeah, you're taking it was ten hard. steps backwards. Yeah, they're like, why are you? Why are you gonna do that? Like you're already in. Like this is one of the best school districts in the in the state. Which I don't know, maybe it is. But I don't know. They're just saying that yeah. great school district. But, yeah. uh, I was like, geez, it's not helpful, people. <laughs> yeah, but you're doing what God called you to, and and um. Yeah, I know you're obviously in a super tough spot right now, but God, hey, but at least at least I could teach a little bit. God has been bit. using you, and there again are other blessings that you get from following God's call. Mm-hmm. What if you did stay there? Maybe you'd still be there, and you'd have more money, even for example, maybe, and you'd have some stability there. Mm-hmm. But you don't know by um, the other things that you'd be giving up for that, you know? Right, and. The story I think of, I have a friend that um, his wife actually was in a car accident. She was fine. You know, I mean, she wasn't, um, you know, she didn't have to go to the hospital or anything. Mm-hmm. But it was this other guy's fault. So when he went, you know, he went over and just wanted to kind of be like, you know, kind to the person. And the guy totally cursed him out. And he was like, it was this guy's fault, too. Like, you know, he's like, I was just trying to be like, hey, like, it's all right between us sort of thing. And so he's telling me, he's like, dude, like, why would I even do that anymore? Like, why, why even bother? But I was like, yeah, man, like you, you are representing God to that person. Mm-hmm. And like, again, it, in that sense, like it cost you something or it was humiliating or whatever. But like, that doesn't change that you shouldn't have done that or you yeah. should or shouldn't have done that. I'm like, that's exactly what God, how God would want you to live. You need to, you need to represent him to that person, whether he cursed you out or said, thanks so much. Let's pray together. <laughs> like, mm-hmm that isn't change what you should have done. And so I was like, dude, you did the right thing, but you know, but in that sense, he didn't get a reward for it. He didn't get any points, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. So it's like pastor Jeff said, 
God is more interested in our character than our comfort. He's more interested in our holiness than our happiness. And it's not always comfortable when those things happen, but we, you know, we ask God to do that work in us. And so let's see here. Let's kind of go to the last point here, unless you guys have other thoughts. But he said, uh, Moses resolved all these tensions. Who am I? Who do I want to be? What's important in my life? And how am I going to live? Which is such an important question. And, um, you know, I think of that. This is just my own thoughts on this. You know, a lot of times we talk about or I see stuff on Facebook or this or that or, again, even election. Well, the government this. And my response, I just always want to be like, okay, so like now what though? Like, so what do you want to do as a response to that? And I feel mm-hmm. like that's what this question is like. So how are you going to live then? I'm not, I'm not in quite, I'm not invalidating what you're saying right now or whatever, but so how are you going to live? What are you going to do? And Moses persevered in Hebrews eleven twenty seven, 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and pastor Jeff said, it. you know, now's not the time to give up many people, even just with the times right now prayed and prayed for America. Okay. Well, that doesn't mean you stop all of a sudden. You don't just stop praying because the person you did or didn't like got in or didn't get in. Mm-hmm. That doesn't stop. And he says, you don't give up hope now. You don't just, it, why, why do we give up? Like, we need to keep that going. And so we need to keep praying for our country. Um, and also he said, you know, how do you see someone who's invisible I believe what he said was it was through the he kind of left it open ended actually that's what you said Pastor Jamal and I, you had some thoughts on this but he thought he said like you see the effects of him right what he's doing in our lives I think of like the wind right you mm-hmm. don't you don't see the wind but uh, that's maybe a little cliche of an, anal- an analogy but you see the results you see the effects you even feel the wind you know and in that sense God is invisible um, but we understand what he does in our life. But you had some thoughts too, Pastor Jamal, about like not just, you know, when, when you're trying to hang on in a season like now or something like that, it's um, God may have to reveal things to us too, you were kind of saying? Um, well, I think, yeah. So Pastor Jeff left it. He was like, you know, because he was saying that he was up. I mean, he might have been just kind of like, you know, being facetious, but, uh, you know, up three o'clock in the morning, like how does he, how does Moses see a God that's invisible? And so, and then I just kind of like put in my notes, I feel like, like when you, when you see something that's invisible, it's because it was revealed to you. And I think that like, this to me is where we don't give enough credit, I believe, to like the Holy Spirit and the way the Holy Spirit moves um, and reveals things to us and allows for us to see God. And I think that when you see God, in those moments and he reveals or, you know, when the Holy Spirit reveals him to you, like that to me is how you persevere because it's in that moment that you, you know, I've seen God and now therefore dot, dot, dot. And I always find that interesting in a lot of the Old Testament. You read the stories. God reveals himself to the people and then they name they give God another name. Like they're like, Oh God of this particular Valley, because he rescued me, you know, God is my healer because he did this. Um, you know, um, to me, like, I feel like that is how you see, uh, the invisible. It's because God reveals himself to you. Um, I think about Moses specifically. Um, some people have preached that, you know, when it comes to the burning bush, like that it was burning, but he just realized it like it, it was burning before and he just realized he just happened mm-hmm. to see it. But I mean, whether or not that's true, I don't know. But what I do know is that there was a, a moment where God revealed himself. Uh, and in that moment, you know, Moses is like, whoa, what's going on here? Take off his you know, shoes. It's holy ground. And, and it 
sparks the beginning of, you know, kind of like the exodus of, you know, the people from Egypt. When it comes to our walk of faith, I think that your perseverance oftentimes is written in your testimony and your testimony is often those places, those markers within your testimony are often those places where God revealed himself in a unique way, in a special mm-hmm. way. Mm. Yeah. And absolutely that's needed. I think personally, a lot of times I think I downplay that um, just because, I don't know, I guess I'm somebody, I don't like when things are ambiguous. Like <laughs> I was listening to something yesterday. They were like, you know, and you need the fire of the Holy Spirit. But I'm like, if you, if you don't know what that means, you're like, what do you mean by that? Like, what yeah, is fire? I need fire. Like, I don't. So a lot of times I will, in my own mind, I'd like downplay those types of things because um, I don't like the ambiguous language sometimes or I find I think it's confusing. But you're totally right, Pastor Jamal. And that's exactly what we can come to God for and ask him for, too. We can see the effects. We can see what God does in our lives. But also he can he can reveal it to us. He he may do something in our life. You know, and and like you said, I mean, it'd be funny to say, but he's oh, the god of the pandemic, or the god of COVID, or the god mm-hmm. of the election. In that sense of, he's the god of this valley because he got me through. And um, you know, it's uh, it's awesome that he's with us and we can come to him. And uh, even though God is invisible to us, we we know his presence. We can persevere because of the one who is invisible, like Hebrew says. Mm. I mean, I did. Yeah, I mean, that was just. Overall, I did think that Pastor Jeff's message was great. I like. I thought it was just really like the different things that he highlighted about Moses, the, the writer of Hebrews. The only thing about it, though, is weird for me is the author of Hebrews says that he basically he basically forewent he like he forego or you know decided not to take any like pleasures of being you know within the Egyptian whatevers, you know, for the sake of knowing Christ or like kind of like this foreknowledge of Christ, which is weird language in regards to like Old Testament and New Testament. So that was the only thing that threw me off. I was just like, wait, what? Like, what does Moses really know about Jesus at that particular point? I don't know. But um, that was just the one thing I thought was pretty interesting in that all in all the language that that passage kind of brought out. I thought the same thing, actually. And um Maybe that would have been fun to talk about maybe next time. But I think I'm just going to spitball here because I didn't think about this. I think kind of what he's doing and talk about the Hall of Faith and kind of like how Paul likens. He says, right, Abraham's faith. He had faith in Christ. Or sorry, I'm misquoting it. His faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Mm-hmm. And so he I always, I've heard it explained like this. You know, like if salvation comes through Jesus, then how are people in the Old Testament saved? Well, what we do on, uh, you know, modern day, we look back at the cross and that's how we're saved. You know, we have faith in Jesus at the cross. So people in the Old Testament, they looked forward to the cross. And so in that sense, Abraham, okay, did he know the name Jesus Christ or Christ to Jesus? Uh, Probably not. But like he had a relationship with God, but he also had faith in God and in you even I mean I've heard a preach that he had he had resurrection faith because of his story with Isaac, so I think again I'm spitballing from this now, but I think maybe in that sense the writer of Hebrews in chapter eleven is talking about that how so Moses had faith in Christ or he thought of the rewards of Christ, yeah he didn't think of Jesus but he, the type of faith that he had in God, 
again, the language I would use is it was faith that looked forward towards the cross. It, if maybe it's simplifying a little bit, but that'd be a way that I would understand it. So, mm. but I did think the same thing to myself as I read it yesterday, actually, too, mm. in church. So, um, yeah. Yeah, dude, there's so much written about it. I can't even, there's so much to t- <laughs> try to find. Oh, you're looking up stuff Yeah, yeah, now? yeah, like commentary oh, okay. about it. But yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I always, I do understand that there are moments in which, you know, the different writers uh, are trying to help the the listeners of that day um, land at the cross. I just mm-hmm. think that that, right, I, I just think that that language is just very specific. I would have. Yeah, I guess I'm being critical of the writer of Hebrews, but, uh, you know, I just would have probably would have said, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, a coming hope, you know, like, because in reality to say Christ or say, I mean, I guess he could say Christ because we know now, like you, uh, like you're what you're saying, Pastor Matt, at that particular point, the author of Hebrews is here. The hope is the cross. So whether I call it the cross, whether I say it's, you know, the cross now and I say it's the cross for that person back then, even though they didn't know it. The reality of the matter is that is where the hope it lands. That's where the hope is anchored. And so, yeah, maybe I'm just being like, super, I just thought it was like interesting yeah. language. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, it's a great book to read. And yeah, I think part of his angle is talking through the Old Testament scriptures that his audience would have known so, so, so well. Mm-hmm. And being like, look how it all points to Christ. Yeah. Everything points to Christ. And he breaks it down in these different ways. Uh, you know, who Christ is and like even rest and the spiritual sac- uh, the sacrifices made at the temple and all these things he's bring- talking about it then he then this one the chapter on Melchizedek he goes this is another yeah. level you guys probably can't even handle this right now cuz mm-hmm. but this guy pointed to Christ and like everything is pointing to Christ and then now you get to the hall of faith of like yo Abraham uh Abel his sacrifice Moses Rahab they looked forward to Christ like mm-hmm. and it's you know um I guess at least you could say like that's his angle of of the book. I actually was listening to something uh, the other day about who wrote Hebrews. It, it mm-hmm. is the author is unknown. Yeah. Um. And this guy, the oldest, it was purported was Paul, but kind of that's not. The Catholic Church would still say it's Paul. I think it's pretty much just open to debate right now. People don't feel that it's Paul, but this guy I was listening to, he feels that it was Paul, and he said he felt that. Um, this could have been an example of a sermon, a full sermon that he may have given, like in a Jewish synagogue. You can read in Acts 17. That's the most complete, I think, kind of looking sermon that we have of Paul. And then I think there's a shorter one in Acts 18. But he was saying that potentially, because like, why wouldn't Paul's name be on it and all this mm-hmm. stuff? That's some. He talked about the external evidence all points to Paul. It's the internal evidence that um, seems to not suggest it's Paul, which he's like, I'll be fair. Most people would weigh the internal evidence as heavier than the external. Yeah. But he's like, to me, everyone says it's Paul. And then it's it was a few centuries in that people are looking at it and saying this doesn't seem to be Paul. But I thought that was an interesting point. He said, oh, it could be a, a sermon that he gave. Um, I'm like, oh, right, that's a cool way to understand mm. it. So. anyway so uh it's been fun thank you guys for joining us and uh, it's been fun we'll see you next time so it's been pastor matt uh pastor Jamal, and tara all right we'll see you guys next time Word. bye